Yo, what up? Welcome back to another episode of the Ultra Tier Podcast, delivering what we promised about two weeks ago. Um, it was supposed to come out last week, but unfortunately, we I didn't watch it till Friday afternoon. Um, but before we get started, um, I got a couple of guests, same ones as two weeks ago. Um, Yuli's here. Hello. And uh, Rafa's here as usual. What's up? So uh, yeah, we're we're here. Um, we've had a a week to um, kind of spend time with the movie and the soundtrack, and um, I haven't, you know, kind of immersed myself in it as much as maybe Rafa has. So um, Rafa's been more obsessed with it than I have by quite a <laughs> quite a large amount, um, which she usually is. But I've been kind of busy. It's uh, you know, it was the uh, the birthday weekend, so I just I had no time to <laughs> listen to uh, the whole thing, you know, and watch the movie. I watched the movie again on my birthday. I, I can say that with my mom and my uh, family, and they liked it a lot. So, uh, but yeah, let's uh, just kind of like jump right in, not to take too much time today. Um, I think we're just gonna kind of. I think the first thing I want to go around and mainly talk about is just what we our initial thoughts about the movie and then we could jump into more of the finer details but just first impression on um seeing another musical adapted into a movie um i know it's probably like the first one in a long time but uh what do you think i'll let rafa go first um say that one more time for the people in the back <laughs> Are you the people in the back? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, just your initial thoughts of the movie, like just on your first watch, not like anything other than that, further than that. Yeah, sorry. Somebody sent me a message. I had to reply, unfortunately. Um, so my initial reaction was just like, wow, how 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 beautiful the cinematography was straight from the beginning. I mean, I thought that opening sequence was great. The... Um, one of the themes, well, the main theme of the movie in the background instrumentally as the movie begins and then it starts on this beautiful tropical island, beautiful island. And our main character, his name is Uznavi, is narrating the movie for us, quote unquote, sort of. Uh, it's just the most amazing film i thought i i thought from beginning to end no boring moment for me personally and the music and choreography for this was off the charts so i mean everybody that worked on this movie did an amazing job the actors the producers the directors lynn of course who wrote this and then miranda he did an amazing job and i know that um they should definitely be very proud of this movie for sure yeah um I think my kind of favorite thing about this initially was um, the music. I had a lot of fun. This is directed by John Chu. And I think it's important to kind of recognize that he's adapting a screenplay that is adapted from a play, like a like a live play that's adapted from, a, I think, a book, right? Um, I want to say that it's a book play. Or is it playbook? 
I think they made a book out of the movie, but I know Lin-Manuel wrote it in like 2003 or something. Super early. This is pre-Hamilton for sure. Um, Rafa? Yeah. Uh, he wrote this when he was like a teenager, which is incredible to... I mean, he obviously... There must have been so many revisions as a teenager. You can only be so creative and, and you still have so much to learn. But, uh, you know, with knowing that... Um, I mean, this is just beyond me. Like, I think about it, and I'm like, how does a teenager write a musical like this? Like, so uh, so moving, so inspiring. Um, and I don't know if you're going to share about it, but the reason why he wrote this musical is pretty cool. Uh, no, if you have what you're going to say, go ahead. Yeah, so, so Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote this musical not because he wanted to just write a musical and because he loved theater, but... Um, he, which he did, he loved theater, but he wrote this because he would see all these musicals and go like, I don't think I'm ever going to be fit for a main role. Like I'm never going to be cast. So he was like, I'm just going to write a role for me. Mm -hmm. And that's how this movie, um, well, this musical first Mm -hmm. came to be. Um, so he wrote this musical with the leading role, uh, to be played by him in mind. And a teenager, you know, you never know what would ever happen. And somehow this young teenager uh, who went through then later college and stuff was able to make this musical a big musical and a reality for uh, so many Latinos. Uh, and and that's something that he's so proud of, very, very proud of. Yeah, that's um, that's cool. You know, if you want something so bad, just go out and take it, you know. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That's, uh, you know, it's still very much pre Hamilton and everyone still knows Hamilton as being the most popular musical. I've never heard this until this movie came out. Um, I've heard of it, but I've never actually, I didn't want to listen to the music because after knowing that the musical was coming out and that like that, that first trailer came out like two years ago or something like that. And I remember like being really excited for it. And then, you know, everything that happened last year, we weren't able to see it. So we finally were able to see it a year out from when it was initially supposed to be released. Um, Yeah, I thought it was really good. I love the cast. I I love the fact that this is like, you know, they they picked up a director who really knew what to do with the choreography and like the the dance sequences and stuff like that. Um, They could have just shot it like, you know, very still framed, very much just like, wide shots of just a bunch of people dancing and but no i think he got the director got very creative with like the way it was shot and especially i think this is apparent with like the pool scene there's like so many crazy cuts and angles and and just different locations of like this one and he they, he made use of the space is what i'm trying to say and i think the space for a lot of these uh, set pieces are really just well utilized so i really loved it on my first viewing, um, I loved it even more the second time after kind of being familiar with the music. Um, but yeah, I can go ahead and let Yuli say, just let us how, let us know how you felt on your initial watch through. Uh, I really enjoyed it from the get go. It was super fun. Um, the music right away, you know, I came from work. I had just gone off work like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, before. You're like exhausted. Yeah. I was exhausted and I was like, Oh, I don't fall asleep during this movie. And I ended up, you know, it woke me up like it was so good um like like rafa was saying like i saw the purpose of it like you know i liked i wanted to watch it because it was something that kind of like represented like latinos and stuff 
and it's struggles that we like go through mm-hmm. um being like first generation and whatnot so it was super beneficial and i was super excited to see it and i'm glad that it didn't disappoint the music was on point and i loved every single moment of it um it was everything was upbeat and yeah it was great i just loved it a lot i haven't seen like many musicals but i am a fan of musicals and by far this one's one that i feel like i could relate to the most so i think that's why i really enjoyed it as well yeah i um i i'm still very new to the musical side of things i have i don't have that many under my belt um but i like every time i see one i I fall more in love with this uh, art form. Um, yeah, to talk about the the cast a little bit, I think they're all really fantastic and just there's some like kind of fun facts about it. Um, the only thing I know Anthony Ramos from is from um, he was in another not musical, but it was music driven. He was in Star is Born. I always forget he was Lady Gaga's little friend um, in oh, that yeah. movie. <laughs> I totally d- forgot, I about, forgot that. about that, too. Um, he's, he's in some other stuff. I've seen him trickle, but uh, this is by far his biggest role. And I think Anthony Ramos is, is just so damn good. And he's so charismatic and he just seems like such a, a great person in general, fun guy. And obviously I'm the most thing I'm familiar with his, is his part in Hamilton. Um, he's incredible. Every time he's performing, he's, he definitely steals the show. I, I absolutely love uh, Anthony Ramos in the Hamilton musical, um, kind of other, uh, notable, uh, people is, uh, Corey Hawkins is Benny. Um, I didn't know that that guy can sing. I've seen him in the most notable thing is he played Dr. Drain straight out of Compton. Don't, you don't think that that guy can sing like this and he can hold his own. And I had no idea that that was something that he could do. So it was super nice to like see that displayed because i'm sure um people look at you and assume and it's good for your you because that way you get to show and prove yourself to be more than what you may look like um the these are two new newer actresses that i apparently from what i've researched they haven't been in anything crazy and i think uh leslie grace who plays nina um is like the this is like her first movie ever so and i'm like wow she just looked like a complete natural up there she didn't and she didn't seem like she was out of her element at all but she is i think a recording artist so i believe she's in the realm of actually singing right so that's really cool so she just she already had that background um and she looked like a natural every time she was on scene with benny or they're like you know their duets together are really amazing so i leslie grace is amazing and then uh, Melissa Bar- uh, Barrera is amazing. Um, Barrera, however you want to say it. Um, apparently, she's never been in anything too crazy either. I think, uh, I believe this is her biggest role by far, and she did amazing. Oh, here's Rafa. She's, uh, she's, uh, she's the love of my life, and she's married, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, she has only ever done Mexican soap operas. So she's lit. I think she's grown up most of her life in Mexico, Mexico City, and she came out to the States for for college. Um, I don't know really very much about more beyond that, uh, but I just, like, am impressed with everything she did in this movie. I mean, she had such crazy choreographies for um, one of the scenes in the movie where they're at a club, and 
you know, just being able to see how hard she worked to be able to uh, perform for this movie and that she was discovered for this movie is amazing. So, yeah. Um, maybe, Melissa, if you ever uh, if you ever want to leave your husband, I'm here. <laughs> uh, hard pass on your little love life plugins. Um <laughs> yeah so but other than that i think she's really amazing i don't know if you had anything to add yuli yeah when i saw leslie grace i was like oh i actually um came across her in, in her music realm so i'm very big on like hispanic latino music mm-hmm. so i knew who she was i know she could sing so it was great to see her on the screen and see her do great and then melissa barrera too she she rocked it you know some <laughs> of those scenes with the motions and mm-hmm. the singing and everything it was it was crazy it was yeah good. They're both really good, so I really love them. Um, to go more of down the main cast, um, Olga Meredis, Meredis, is that how you say it, her last name? Um, she's the only returning cast member from the original play, so that's kind of a crazy fun fact to see, um, that they brought something from the original cast, and um, she brought like her seasonness and, and just her, like, like I feel like they felt that they couldn't put anybody in her role and they're like, why don't we just have you in the movie? You know, why even, why would we even pick up the task, the tall task, the daunting task of even trying to replace you? So I think it was a good choice. Um, she's amazing. She's like the heart of the whole movie. The, the, the whole movie centered around, uh, Awalita. So, um, yeah, Olga, incredible. She was amazing. Um, and Jimmy Smith, who, uh, I mainly know as Bail Organa, aka Senator Organa, aka Princess Leia's dad in Star Wars. He's like been in plenty of things and voice acting stuff, but he's also in a bunch of like TV shows like Brooklyn Nine Nine and Sons of Anarchy. And so those are probably like he's more um, more known in the TV realm than in the movie realm. So, but I think he's a fantastic actor, and I thought he was really great in this movie. And then another one of the standouts is uh, Gregory Diaz, uh, who plays Sonny. And he reminds me of Rafa's little brother a lot. Um, exactly like it. Like, I know in, like, a couple of years, it's basically just Rafa's little brother. So, um, I I love Sonny. Every time, I feel like he's uh, never heard of him. I don't really know much of his, like, credits or anything like that. Um, but he, him and uh, playing the little cousin for opposite of Anthony was, everything felt right and blended. Like, all of this felt so natural. Um, and it's just because they all know their culture very well. And it's just like not hard to bounce off of each other in that regard. Um, a little bit more going down the, uh, kind of cast list. Um, Daphne Ruben Vega, Stephanie, uh, Beatrice and Dasha Polanco. They play the, uh, the salon ladies <laughs> and, uh, they're really amazing. They're all fun, like very fun characters. Every time they come on screen, they're like, uh, they kind of light the whole room up and you can just tell that they're just the life of the party. And so th- those three are, are absolutely amazing. I love every time they're on screen. It's hilarious. The only one I actually recognize is um, uh, Stephanie Beatrice and she's in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And just the the complete contrast that they play, those two characters that this actress plays are just so different. It's not even close. You know, her Brooklyn Nine-Nine character is this very stern, very like mood killer but funny in that regard and this one's very like hyperactive and um energetic and you know very loud and the other one's super quiet and like very stern so it's like i did not know she had this in her 
Um, but I, I mean, I guess I've only seen her play that one character. So like seeing her play, this is a breath of fresh air. Um, so I really loved the, those three. Um, and then obviously Lin-Manuel is, uh, Pidaguero. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was really fun too. It's just a little cameo because technically in the musical, Anthony, uh, or not Lin-Manuel plays, um, you know, the main character, um, of Usnavi, but in the movie adaptation, it's played by Anthony Ramos. So I just thought that was really fun that Lin was like, I'm already too old to play this guy. It's your turn. You know, you got to play it. So um, that's really awesome. And I believe that in terms of like the actual main cast is pretty much it. There's not that many main actors in this movie, um, but there is a, a good amount of them. So I think I just wanted to kind of shed some light on each individual person. But now we're going to kind of break down maybe what the movie is about and maybe what our favorite parts of the movie is. Um, so this is a musical for sure. Uh, I can only recommend, I mean, I can recommend it if you really just like don't mind watching a musical. Cause I know a lot of people, it's just like not their thing. Um, they kind of take issue to, you know, just sitting through and then breaking into song and dance every like five minutes. And that's what this is. Um, but I have learned to love that so much. And this movie is about a, it's kind of like a character piece. And there's, it's this story um, takes place amongst this block in Washington Heights. And it kind of revolves around all these characters who all know each other very well. Um, you know, Anthony plays the big dreamer who wants to move to uh, the Dominican Republic to, you know, kind of chase his, his dream and kind of continue what his dad left, you know, Um Hawkins kind of just is his story is mainly about or Benny uh, is mainly about just kind of uh, taking care of the town and the city, making sure everyone gets help and being there for his people, but also kind of um, his romantic life with uh, his previous lady, Nina. Um, Leslie has this huge dream to be a fashion designer. Or no, not Leslie. Excuse me. Uh, the other, uh, Vanessa, she has the big dream to be the fashion designer. Um, Nina, on the other hand, is the one who has the entire town on her back, um, kind of going off to college. She being the one to leave Washington Heights and to break free of it to kind of, you know, go forward in life to try to like kind of prove something. But um, she often doesn't want that pressure on her and she doesn't get that support inside as she does outside or so or the opposite, excuse me. Um, so like all these characters have their own little lives, but they all kind of interconnect and interweave with one another. And it's all, it all works super well. Um, it, everything connects. The songs connect really well. Um, so kind of breaking down the movie, we're going to go, you know, song by song and maybe what that particular scene is about. Um, so we're going to talk about, you know, the first song on the soundtrack in the Heights. I think the opening of the movie is like super fun. It's a long song. It's how long? Seven and a half minutes. Um, I think, uh, kind of from a musical standpoint, it's so fun. It goes into plenty of different territories. It doesn't stick to one thing. It's not a one note thing. Go ahead, Roth. So it's, uh, it's, it's very musical oriented in the sense of most musicals have something that's called an overture An overture basically gives the themes of the different characters that are going to be in the show. So 
this in the heights song is sort of like the overture for the for the musical because it has the theme for the overall musical in the heights uh and then it also has small little hints of some of the other themes for some of the other characters and it also helps to introduce the characters that are in the musical so Usnavi who is the main character is uh begins the song and he basically goes introducing all of the main characters for the movie right at the beginning one of the first characters that we're introduced to is graffiti pete who's graffitiing on the bodega gate or i mean the bodega uh, rolling door and then we're introduced to um we're introduced to uh the um the hair salon ladies then we're introduced to sunny we're introduced to vanessa benny um, so we get all the characters. Oh, Abuela also comes in, even though we saw her before the song begins, but Abuela also has a part. So we get all the main characters in this, which is really, really cool. But yeah, it's a super long seven and a half minute song to introduce everyone and to also just kind of set the tone for what this whole musical is going to be all about. Yeah. Um, I love the opening song. Like I said, I think it's super fun. Um, meeting all the characters, and, and that's basically what most musicals do. Yuli, how did you feel about the first song? What did you like about it? I loved everything that Rafa just mentioned. Obviously, he has more of experience in the musical realm, but yeah. I loved how, like he said, they introduced every character and their backstory, and it was very fun, upbeat, and it was just like going along so smoothly. And, yeah, I just loved that, how they did that. Yeah, um... Right after that, the story kind of picks up and, and what the story is, is, well, then we get introduced to every character, their motives, their dreams, their issues, like whatever they are having to deal with the conflict for each character in the movie. There's no like overarching thing other than like that affects everyone other than like later in the movie, like the power outages and um, maybe the gentrification and, and stuff like that. That's maybe like the overarching thing. But other than that, every character has their own individual problems that they're dealing with. Um, Usnavi's uh, is a kind of like a, a money issue, but he's been saving money to kind of go to the Dominican Republic. Um, and his only conflict is, is whether he should even go or not. And he's having these doubts the entire movie, but he's like very set. He's more leaning on towards going the whole time. Um, and, and he's more leaning on going the whole time. And he uh, doesn't really kind of think about it until things happen in the movie. But he doesn't. the only conflict I feel like he has is the money thing and kind of uh, keeping up the shop and trying to figure out, like, who's coming with him. Um, and people kind of come along the way and he starts to realize that maybe he doesn't want to <laughs> maybe he doesn't want to go, what, especially uh, one particular character. So now you can go. <laughs> I was just gonna say I don't I don't know that that's necessarily how I view Usnavi. I think from the very beginning, basically the entire time he is set to leave, and the only reason why he changed his mind at the very very end was because Spoiler. of how one of well, uh, some of these characters decide to actually uh, do something that like uh, motivates something to happen instead. You want to be more specific? I suppose so, since I already kind of gave a lot of it away. Yeah. The big key of it. Um, 
So at the end of the movie, Vanessa, Vanessa's decision to create, or not decision, but there's a conversation that these two characters have in a very awesome song too. Uh, and because of what happens there, then the two characters kind of have a small little like moment together. And then they're like, well, I mean, we don't have a feature together. And um, she gets inspired later on and then does these like crazy fashion designs and stuff and then gets help from uh, Graffiti Pete and Sunny. And so that's eventually really what like makes him stay is like, all right, you know what? Actually, you know, with you, I have a home and this group of people that are here as well. I have a home here and I'm leaving. Why? You know, to... Um, to a place where I really don't have anyone to call home, you know? And, but yeah, I, I, um, I didn't, I didn't really feel like Uznavi was ever going to stay until that very last moment, to be honest. I felt like every scene with him and Vanessa, it was like, you know, even though his character doesn't say it out loud, I, I always like, well, he, how was he going to leave? You can always tell that he, every time he talked about her and to anybody or like, you know, he didn't say it out loud. Like he was still, you know, every time he brought up his goal, he didn't seem like he was wavering from it. But every time he talked about Vanessa or was around Vanessa, you know, it's almost just like an unspoken thing, at least from how I interpreted it. That's why I kind of said that his conflict was that. And also his conflict was the people around him, you know, saying, why are you, why are you going? But his cousin mainly, Sonny, was like, you know, every time they talked about it, Sonny always called him out. He's like, those are the best years of my life. He's like, dude, you're eight. Like, no, they weren't the best years of your life, you know? He's like, it's, uh, he's like, I call, he's like, that's the corniest thing I've ever heard. And so I think um, it's things like that that he didn't want to hear and things like that where he, you know, wanted to go. But, you know, the people around him, obviously, is what made him realize that he needed to stay. But um, I think, yeah, so the opening song is amazing, kind of getting intro to everybody's conflicts and, their dreams and stuff like that because this movie is focused on dreams and in from different aspects so moving on to uh second song being uh benny uh benny's dispatch it's the one we were just we were just jamming to this right before uh we started the episode um this one's not too uh deep um nina comes home for the first time from college stanford college um, her being like the, the brains of the block, you know, uh, of their little um, family that they have going on here. And they all look up to Nina very well. And they all like, you know, um, very much like hold her up on this pedestal. And so this is like the first time Benny is seeing her. And uh, I think the it's very awesome. It's one of my favorite songs. The first time I heard it, we're jamming in the little Dolby IMAX theater. So um it was a really dope song anything to add you benny's dispatch yeah benny's dispatch is like one of the most upbeat and just great songs like like you said you don't really see him as like a singer but like in that in that musical piece he's just like phenomenal his voice is amazing the beat's so upbeat and i just love that because it's like you see the genuine reaction of like when he sees her for the first time coming back and i think that in itself is significant so it's a pretty great piece i loved it yeah, it's really cool. I mean, I don't even know that there are taxi dispatches like that really <laughs> as much anymore today. There's like a lot of like parts about this movie that aren't really relevant to our day and age anymore. Um, but a lot of the themes are, which is why this movie still works today. 
but yeah, that song is like so fun. I think um, I forget the actor's name, but um, Hawkins. Hawkins. Uh, he does such a great job with being so charismatic at what his character needs to be. And, and there's like a really funny moment at the very end of the song that just like always has me cracking up when he finishes his song. And then one of the dispatch girls goes up and like, you thirsty as hell. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. That's probably, that's probably the best joke in the movie to be honest. Um, so yeah. So we, we get introduced to Nina's character here, like officially. Um, and then it's not too long after this song ends. She like meets Utsunavi and little cousin again. And then you can tell that they have like a history with each other in some way, but then she goes right into her song and it's called breathe. Um, does anyone want to go into what this song is about thematically? Yeah. So like you said, uh, Nina goes out into the street to go, uh, meet up with her dad, but she finds Utsunavi and then uh, they kind of catch up a little bit. And their relationship is described as siblings' relationship, which you definitely see that dynamic. And then Sunny comes out. And then Abuela comes out. And Nina goes over to visit Abuela for a little bit. And they have, like, a little heart-to-heart talk. Um, but you can see there's, like, tons of tension. Uh, even at the end of Benny's Dispatch, as the song is ending, uh, you can see in her tone, like, uh, in her facial expression that something is not right. And so breathe is all about her feeling like a failure because she went off uh, being the only person on their on their block there in Washington Heights to have gone off to this amazing school and to make a name for their community there in the, uh, in Washington Heights. And so the entire town feels like a very like small town vibes kind of thing. And she feels the weight and pressure of everything going on. So this song is like, I just, I need to breathe, but I don't, I, I don't know how right now. And so it's a beautiful ballad that she sings uh, to talk about all of these crazy emotions and how she feels like this little girl who she still has inside of her is fighting with who she is today um, and struggling to make not only her, her community proud, but to also make her father proud. Great. Be- way better than I could have said it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I like the song. It's not my favorite song, but I do like it. I think it definitely has a symbolic meaning. Yeah, yeah, it says it represents that very well. So I think it does it, its job. So I think that's as long as it does that, I have no qualms with it. I like the song. I think it's good. Uh, more like actual story sequences happen you see how hot it is during the summer um and we go to the fourth song which is probably your guys's favorite song um yuli do you want to talk about this one a little bit yeah the no me diga song <laughs> is pretty much you know the chatter that goes on in the salon you know nina goes to the salon and they're gossiping and they're like saying stories and it's very comical yeah. and i love it like you know it's a beat there's comedy in it um and yeah, like that's all that musical piece really is. It's just chisme. I love it. It's it's we meet the three um, salon ladies, the hairstylists, and I think it's hilarious. Um, so just like you know, the little uh, Kuka, banter Carla and Kuka Gagan, Carla, Carla, yeah, and I, Diana. I, I yes, Daniela. yeah, Vanessa. 
Daniela is the main one. Mm -hmm. And then Kuka and Carla are like her like left and right hand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I love their dynamic. That Like I said, they bring so much light to the movie. If you're just like, you know, watching them, um, I think you'd get a real good kick out of them. So all the Chiefs, man. Rafa, you have anything to say? Yeah, no, this song was just like way too fun the entire time. I was uh, not expecting that number to be that exciting. Um, but uh, the actress who plays Daniela is just phenomenal. She's so fun. Like her voice is so iconic. And it's cool that she's in this because she was one of the original cast members for the movie Rent. So any musical theater head is like super excited to see her. Um, I've seen the musical Rent one time, um, not even like the actual musical, like the movie version. So I never saw her on Broadway, uh, but I, th I mean, she must have been so, so cool to see in person because she's amazing in this film. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's just so fun the way that she's, she's the town gossip guru. So anything gossip you need to know about it, she's got your answer. Uh, and she's also got your hair if you need a hair appointment or nails. So, so it's really cool. It's really, really a fun, fun, uh, fun song the entire time. Cool. And then this one literally almost immediately goes right into the next song, which is by Vanessa. Um, Rafa, I'll let Rafa talk about this <laughs> one because I know he loves her. Uh, the song is called It Won't Be Long Now. Go ahead, baby. Take it. All right. It Won't Be Long Now is... <laughs> I was like, yes, this is a beautiful, fun piece for this beautiful, beautiful woman on the screen. But uh, beyond that, though, uh, right at the end of No Me Digas, uh, Vanessa leaves. And one of the, uh, I believe it's Kuka, asked, Dan Dan uh, asked Daniela, like, where's she going off to in a hurry? And Daniela just kind of looks off at her. So she knows why she's leaving. And that's when the song starts. She's immediately leaving the back door like most beautiful women. And especially though in the Latino culture, it's a, it's a horrible thing. But uh, women are like so um, objectified. And so like you see these two guys who look like gangsters um, kind of like catcalling her and, and, you know, asking to go out with her Vanessa completely ignores them she's super tough and goes off and she wants to be a designer is how Uznavi kind of t uh, tells the audience or the kids who are, who he's telling the story into the movie uh, and we go into this really fun sequence about how she's trying to just make her own life you know she's literally just trying to be an adult you know and make her dream come true at the same time so she's trying to get her own apartment outside of in of Washington Heights and she's outbid because she's young she doesn't have money and so she's disappointed but on her way to do that she's grabbing scraps of material that are being dumped from the fashion district in New York and you see just how much she's willing to work for her dream to make her dream a reality she comes back disappointed Goes to the bodega, meets with Uznavi. Uznavi's in love with her madly, but he is the absolute worst. Doesn't know how to talk to girls at all. And Sunny has the best, uh, the uh, some of the best lines here. And he's this like young 
teenager who's kind of developing into his voice and he he tries to be very manly when he asks her about what she's doing so that she can go on a date with her cousin and so they do huh his cousin yeah his cousin sorry with his cousin and they do uh so he gets all happy and excited and then the song kind of changes dynamic and then it gets a little bit more serious and then uh we end the song and it's uh, just a very uh, fun piece fun piece cool um yes we go a little bit more into the movie and i love that scene between like every time the guys try to make him ask her out is is very funny um homie got no game it's all good it's all good. He don't need it. He look good. So, uh, we jump into um, my favorite song, and a lot of this early portion of the movie is like you notice that every time they go to his little shop, everyone's asking for a lotto ticket, and they make it very aware that they are asking for a lotto ticket. Like, I want to put twenty on the lotto. I want to put this on the lotto. Abuelita goes in real early and goes. She's very big about the Latino culture. Yeah, everyone loves their lotto tickets, especially my grandma and them. They all love it. I never have purchased one before. Um, I know that's like a big ritual when you turn 18, like buy a lotto ticket, you know, do whatever. And I was like, I've never, I've never done that before. Um, but yeah, so they kind of, you know, make it apparent for this first part of the movie. And so, um, as they're leaving to go to like this, the, the town swimming pool or whatever, the public pool, um, they get a call at their store and apparently their store has, uh, found a winner so someone won at their store so um you see sunny is like he's like what do i get it? he's like let me get a cut of what you get and he's like i don't get nothing <laughs> you know um and so they break out to the song of my favorite song ninety six thousand, and i think this is uh the most hamilton of all the songs and i think that's why i really love it the, so much it's very hip-hop like brooklyn hip-hop influenced and that's just like my bread and butter and what i grew up on so um i love it all the bars are crazy and basically every character goes into their spiel about like what they would do with ninety six thousand, and it's like it goes from them like walking to the pool like benny sunny um usnavi and like them rapping and and they're i always forget their friend's name the one that the little graffiti artist one uh p pete pete's i was like okay for sure um yeah so they they um they all go into their own little spiel and they're they're barring up and I and I love it so much. It's like my favorite thing. I'm like I, not too many musicals are just straight up rapping, but you know, my boy Lin Manuel has to throw it in there somehow. So I much appreciate it on that note. They get to the pool and like I said, I described it earlier. The cin- cinematography for the actual pool scene is absolutely amazing. It's beautiful. It's like my favorite scene in the whole movie. Um, so the choreography, everything about it. Um, from uh the every like every person at the pool is basically like saying like what they would do with the money if they had the money and um and i love it you basically you're just kind of revealing more of what their dream is and it kind of kind of just like keeps hammering home the note of like all these characters have their own dreams and they want to do something with their life um more along that line they they very apparently to me um sample a very classic most deaf song and i heard it um right when i was listening to the movie i was like where have i heard this like melody before like what are they where are they getting this from and i remembered it 
kind of probably after the movie. Um, I think it's Hip Hop by Most Def, but I could be wrong. It might be another song by Most Def, but I heard it clear as day. Um, and so I just love the influence and where he draws from. He's drawing from this city and Most Def's from is, is definitely East Side Hip Hop like that. So um, the, by far my favorite song, every character gets to, to bar up. Um, a little bit sunny too. Sunny has his own little, his little rap session. It he goes crazy. So I love the writing. I love the bars. Everything about this song is is by far. It's 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 just my favorite thing. Rafa, anything that? Yeah. Um, I'm so glad that uh, the director went with this particular place. So, uh, originally this scene in the musical takes place just on the on the streets. So with this being a movie, the director was like, no, uh, we're not going to make this like some small little like more street stuff. We're going to make this big. And so he scouted this place, which is an iconic pool, apparently, for for this for the actual Washington Heights location area. And I was watching an interview with Lin-Manuel Miranda, and I forget some, who the interviewer was, but uh, he was basically saying that this pool has never, ever been filmed in anything and they are the first ones to film there at that pool which is crazy and uh, it's so cool because he says that he remembers growing up going to that pool and you know a lot of people would go there for the summers and stuff so that entire sequence is is uh, really amazing so uh, shout out to their director because that definitely I think made such a big difference for that number yeah definitely Yuli anything to add I don't you like the song one of your favorites maybe what yeah do you th- how do you feel about it yeah i love the like the choreography that went into it at, towards the end and mm-hmm. everything it was beautiful scene uh yeah that's pretty much it cool so this also goes right into the next song Bidagua, and you get we get a, a little lin-manuel song that kind of plays like maybe once or twice throughout the movie um it's it's funny that he just plays a little uh Bidagua guy um and uh yeah I, this song's super short it's nothing crazy it's just it's funny because george washington's in the movie plays an ice cream man and it it also hammers home the fact that there's like a lot of gentrification happening like you know the little guy in the cart and now there's a guy kind of pulling up with a big ice cream truck and you know a, a lot of the themes of this movie is like them being ran out of their homes by you know other big corporations and stuff just like um the uh, dispatch places the next door place got sold by you know to a a white man with a very expensive uh what is it a cleaning place or yeah, cleaners um, cleaners yeah you're right yeah so the um it, everything's getting gentrified and getting taken over and i think that's a big theme of this movie is that they want everything homegrown and home owned and stuff like that um to, to be traditional and what it was and not have it being overran by people who just want you to spend tons of money here um so yeah, I think this is. I think that song is literally just like a fun way to show that. But visually, the director makes it so that it says that. You think Clear's Day, um, and it's super catchy. Rafa was singing it like Piragua, 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 like <laughs> every it. five minutes. There he goes. <laughs> so uh, then we go on to the next song, "When You're Home," and this is like a. This I I said it maybe before not on the show but I've told Rafa before their relationship reminds me of Zac Efron Zendaya from uh, Greatest Showman and uh, I think the, the the their final song together is more of that 
solo song in the circus that they have and they're like swinging around i forgot the name of that song um rewrite the stars rewrite the stars yeah it's very much like the not this one but the second one is um but i like this song it's i think it's you know cute both of their songs are just they're just cute fun or they have three in this movie that are together um they have benny's dispatch which is basically them this middle one and then the final one so um they do have three i didn't even notice until i started like thinking about it right now in my head i was like oh, they have three actually so i yeah i love this one too it's not my favorite one i think the third one is my favorite one benny's dispatch obviously really good too but that final one we'll talk about it a little later is uh, a little good and then um we start to kind of this is the part of the movie we're like halfway through the movie at this point um and the heat's cranking up everyone's kind of a little restless but there's this like big club that apparently happens um like uh i forgot what they call it they call it like a i'm blanking on the name of like this like big party event that they have fiesta in the heights Heights. there you go um so they all go to awalitha's house for dinner and they've been talking about the dinner this is the same day so this they go into dinner at night um and this is kind of like where the big kind of conflict happens and it's been building up the whole movie it's between nina and her dad her dad doing all this stuff for her and nina not wanting any part of it and like so i think on in their storyline between nina and her dad um i think it's all really well done i think it's super good is it you know where i obviously stand between the two doesn't matter i think what's important is that there's these two opposing ideas like okay well they're this person's doing you know, my, my own parents doing all this for me, is it wrong for me not to take it? Or um, is it wrong for them not to listen to why I'm not taking it in the first place? And I think that's a really good struggle, you know, good thing written. I think it's displayed really beautifully. Um, so all this whole happy dinner with this happy f- family that is not all, not all blood related, but they're, you know, by culture and by just where they live is why they've been connected and, um, so loving and why they consider each other family and we go into the um the final song which is uh i think it's not the final song but the song going into like the fiesta in the heights is called uh the club um and i think that's a really funny song um i think it's funny when he goes up uh to the the girl after letting uh, vanessa dance with another guy um and he's talking to another girl and she's like, I don't speak English. He's like, Oh, he's like good. Or what does he say? I forgot. He says, he's like trying to like spit game because he's like, well, Vanessa's out there doing stuff. I'm going to be over here doing stuff too. So he says like all this stuff and him being the non suave guy that he is not knowing how to speak to women says all these kinds of like weird stuff. And then he's like, say something. And she's like, no hablo inglés. And he just goes, yes. <laughs> it's funny. And then they just go off to dance and it's like crazy. Yeah. And then, my, go ahead. Julie. I was like, hey, so we're forgetting the main part of that. That's yeah. like their first date. Like, yeah, that is, a, that's that's that is the first date. That is the you know, first that's date. Where, um, this is what we've been waiting for. <laughs> yeah, he finally goes on a date with Vanessa and it's not necessarily going the way that we expected it to go. Yeah, he's being very passive aggressive about everything. But... And then we come to my least favorite song of the whole movie, which is Blackout. Um, so Blackout, basically, uh, this block, um, all the power goes out in this area 
um, in the middle of this fiesta, and then they break into the song about a blackout. And um, I truthfully don't like it at all. I think they're like the argument between Vanessa and and uh, Usnavi is like so bad. She's like, you left me. Like, where were you? And he I was like, he's like right there the whole time. Like, <laughs> you just went dancing with another dude. Um, I think this all, it's like when, I hate when they do this in movies. Like, they don't, um, this these problems happen all because they don't take two seconds to talk to each other. And like, that's like the my least favorite thing in movies almost is like, the problem was created all because you didn't say one sentence like five minutes ago. And all he had to say was like, you know, hey, you could have, you know, I'd be like, oh, no, I'm going to dance with her right now. Or she could be like, oh, no, it's cool. I'll just dance with you, you know. But no, she, they, it's like not how it happened. It's like very much not how humans interact with each other. Like that's not a thing that would happen if you like act. It didn't feel real to me. This whole movie felt authentic, but that was the thing that felt the most unauthentic was there. Like her being upset over that and him reacting the way he reacted. I just didn't feel like anything about that was authentic. I was like, this would not happen in real life, unfortunately. So, yeah, uh, I also kind of felt like that. There's a part in that song at the beginning, right? Uh, or kind of in the middle ish. Um, but it is kind of weird the way that they set it up because I think that they tried to like make a point of like, well, Uznavi's not very good at dating. So he just let her do, you know, whatever, being the nice guy that he is. Um, but Vanessa also is kind of, like, hesitant. So at, actually at the club, immediately when you go in, when they go in, this song, like, hollers about her a lot. Like, everybody in the club knows her. Like, she's a big party girl is what they make it seem to be. Um, and so uh, she's very well known at this club. So she's like okay i'm really interested in you and like now that you and i are gonna try to give this a shot like i really want to like go and like try but all these people kind of like split them apart and then uznavi doesn't help his own cause by like letting her go and then she does come back and like she didn't really she didn't get mad either like when she saw like she smiled when they were when he was dancing with that other girl but he she was like okay let's dance and uznavi was like already kind of either buzzed or drunk off all these shots and stuff. And he was like, no, let's go get a drink. Let's go to drink. And she, she's like, no, let's just like dance. And so he goes off, gets a drink. The blackout happens. Uh, she can't find her way. Uh, yeah. and it's like, it's like the weirdest thing for sure. Like once that kind of starts up and I'm just like, why don't you have a, why aren't you picking up your cell phone though? Or something <laughs> like, and he does mention that in the song too. He's like, I try calling her, but like, she's not answering. Uh, it's just, it, yeah, it is weird, but I think the song is still fun. Um, that part of the story aside, but the song is fun when you get to the whole, like, look at the fireworks part, very yeah. symbolic of, um, what's to come. There is a blackout in the city, but there is also going to be an emotional blackout. Yeah, I just, you know, like I think the music is fine. I just thought it was like just very unorganic tension that needed to happen. They could have did it very differently. But I did, I did like the song. I think actually I also don't like, I, I don't know why it makes me like cringe a little bit when they are like open this like damn door. But like to, I don't know why I don't like it forgot when they, that like door is closed on them when they're all trapped inside they're like someone opened this door but they're like singing it 
Um, like some random guy sings it and then Benny sings it. And I'm just like, I hate it. I don't know why I hate that. It's like, I'm like, Ooh, why did they say that? It just from a music that's from the musical side of things that I don't like. And the story side of things, just unorganic tension. I think it's just like all could have worked if, you know, just had a conversation, but, um, yeah. So blackout happens. Um, the city is kind of, you know, I love, they all come back. They all kind of find their way back to Abuelita's house. They put like little candles. They got these like little frog figures under like their cell phone lights, um, to kind of light up the room. They're all playing. Um, what are they playing? Uh, they're playing bingo. Yeah. Oh, okay. They are playing bingo. Um, so Abuelita goes and lays down. It's super hot. There's like no air conditioning or fans on or anything because all the power is down. Abuelita goes, lays in bed, and then we get the song called uh, "What Is Paciencia y Fe." Okay. Which, uh, before you go into that, you can go into that if you want to. Oh, okay. I'll let you. I I was gonna just kind of mention first that this song in the original show was way earlier in the production. Oh. Uh, so what what this song was written for was she's kind of singing in response to her having won the lottery. Mm-hmm. So we find out very early on in the musical, not the movie, the musical, that she wins the lottery and she sings this song. Um, and so in the musical, this song has a completely different meaning to what they did to it by putting it where they did in the movie because now this movie is uh now the song has a whole different meaning to it um so abuela claudia is the um the center of this entire community she is the heart of washington heights and particularly to these characters of course since they're all so close and Usnavi kind of notices that she's looking kind of tired, and so she he guides her to her bed. And so she lays down, and she's looking, and she's smiling and seeing how her family, her adopted family, is happy, and they're together. And even though that there's, there's like, crazy heat that causes blackout, they're just all together, and they all came to her. So she starts to sing her song, Paciencia y Fe, and, you know, if you know anything about the Latino culture, we are very much... We very much love our grandparents, and so our grandparents mean a lot to us. They pass down tons of wisdom, uh, and so they've lived a harsher life. Speaking for our generation, you know, when they grew up, they had to like really, really work for a lot of things, and so this is the song where she's describing her coming to America and learning to live life in a completely new country why she came because mom and mom needed to find a better wanted to find a better life for her family and so she does and um they they come to new york it's a really cool little sequence in like this kind of like dreamscape kind of a thing uh it's well choreographed and the actress i I always forget her name and i feel horrible for doing so but she does an amazing job by performing, singing, and really bringing out the character of this uh, this loving grandmother. So the end of the song is just basically her deciding whether to go, um, whether to die or not. You know, she's she's like, well, mom, and she's talking to her mom. She's like, do I stay or do I go? And, well, she 
she decides to leave, you know, and so uh, visually speaking, this whole sequence is like the most emotionally wrecking song at the very end. Um, and it's it's like just, you know, that it's going to be bad from this point on, like really bad, like Abuela's gone and Uznavi has like a super close connection to her. Um, he lives with her. So uh, Uznavi walks over to check on her. She she finishes the song and she's not waking up. And he's like almost in disbelief, but he knows like what's going on. So he calls Daniela for help. Daniela is a hair salon lady. She, she's there. And so then um, we cut to Uznavi back in the presence with the kids at the beach and um, he kind of like pauses for a moment and you feel all of the emotion of that come back into him. Yeah, you can talk about Alabanza too. It's like the kind of the same. Okay. Um, Yeah. So you, you feel that, that, like all that, like really, really like deep emotion just with that moment. And yeah, uh, he starts to kind of like go right into that. Uh, he's like, shall we take a break there? And then his daughter reveals herself to be his daughter at that moment and goes, no, daddy, keep going. And so he starts to rap to like rap. You can't really tell he's rapping at the beginning of the song, but he's he is doing that or at least speaking in rhyme. And it goes into this song where he begins to explain how She's so faithful to God and, you know, saying how alabanza means to praise God. And so then we get this song alabanza. Nina comes into the room. We're back in um, in the story now and comes in singing a cappella. Alabanza, alabanza para Doña Claudia, Señor. And that's all the song says. That's literally all the song says. But it's so powerful, and you see this beautiful vigil happen in this in this whole little song. Um, it's emotionally powerful. Uh, I'll be honest; it's not one of my personal favorite songs, like that I want to like go back and repeat. But in the movie, as long if I'm watching the movie, then it's beautiful, it's powerful. But it's not one that I put like on my Apple Music or Spotify to replay. Um, but it is; uh, it does the job that it needs to do. Um, beautifully instrument. Uh, orchestrated and you get again everybody from the block coming to this candlelight vigil for um doña claudia abuela claudia who just passed away cool thank you i was like i'll let raf talk about <laughs> that song he could probably do it way better justice than i can do it um so yeah that was definitely like the heart of the movie the most like impactful moment of the movie is when um this she's the heart of the movie and she's what everyone connects around and she's the one that brings everyone together. So once she's gone, it almost seems like everybody splits up and goes their own ways and starts like, you know, things start falling apart a little bit as she's not there. Um, then we jump to another really fun song. Um, it's like, this is like the next morning. Everyone's like kind of leaving and kind of going to, uh, do what they got to do. And, um, the, uh, our favorite hair salon ladies, um, come and see this like very much like down in the dumps uh 
you know, group of people that are here on the block at Washington Heights. Um, and they're basically like, no one came to say bye to us. Like, where are all y'all at? You know, like we wanted to, you know, we wanted to, to leave with chariots and horses and to be sung a praise. And um, it's just not what that situation looked like. It didn't look like what they imagined it looked like when they would left, when they would leave to go open up a bigger salon down in a better part of New York. So they're like, they went in and they like took that <laughs> from them. They're like, we're going to go get it ourselves. And it's like, they're like, everyone's like down in the dumps, hot, just like sitting there. Um, and so we get another really good song, uh, Carnaval and El Barrio. Carnaval and El Barrio. I, it's so, it, this is a really fun song. I think this is like, uh, you know, like if we're leaving, let's throw this big party, you know, before we go, let's celebrate. Let's, if we're leaving, we were going to leave with a bang and, um, I think it's uh, a really, after a low moment, we get a really high moment where we get this, like, you know, we're all going to go do our thing, but we're all here together and we're all going to party like it's our last day, you know, um, carnival in the hood for sure. So, uh, <laughs> in El Barrio. So, mm-hmm. yes. So I, I, I have such a good time with this song and I was after, I, that was really emotional what we just went through prior to this. So having this kind of counter act that was uh really good i love this song yuli yeah that one was really good because like you said they just come in and they're like hey we're leaving like throw us a party and (laughs) she kind of initiates it and i don't know to me it was very symbolic because like you know she she herself daniela was kind of like something big in the barrio too so the fact that she was leaving like you know but she still like stepped up into the role i felt to just kind of bring that joy back into the community and i thought it was a great job yeah i love it roth anything you know it's just really really fun to see that um i i love her character so much she's every time she's on screen she is hilarious to me i don't know why but i just i i i smile and i just sometimes i like a laugh i see her i'm like I already know what's going to happen, but I'm already laughing. But, uh, yeah, she, she comes in going like, our matriarch, you know, bites the dust and this is how you uh, react to it. And she starts this, like, really cool, like, um, almost like a, like a torero. Like, she starts, hey, hey, yeah. like, listen up, <laughs> get up, stop being dumb. And the whole song is so fun. And what I really enjoy about this is that this song really brings the cultures of this entire neighborhood together. Um, there's a there's a really cool riff where they sing, uh, "Suba esa bandera, suba esa bandera, alzala donde quiera, raise that flag wherever you're at," and all these different uh, Latin American places and island places we get representation from different flags and uh, a lot of the, all most of the characters come into the scene too so the salon ladies are starting it off and then you get uh Paraguero who comes in and you get Nina's dad and then Nina and Benny come in Vanessa Sunny Uznavi and Uznavi here and like he's like you know what this is life you know and you know, you got to do what you got to do. And so he announces to everybody, I'm leaving tomorrow, not or not, not a month from now, tomorrow. So he like 
accelerates his departure date right there and then. And he's like, you know what, Vanessa, let's just um, let's have our final dance that we let's have that dance that we didn't get to at the club right here. And it's a grand old time. End of the song, the electricity comes back, which, you know, is also symbolic of like life coming back into the barrio mm-hmm. after everything that's been going on. Exactly. It's big, nice, triumphant come together when everyone was kind of falling apart and drifting apart. Um, next song, When the Sun Goes Down. This is, uh, it's beautiful. Um, uh, Nina finds new motivation in not going to Stanford, but she wants to be able to um, help undocumented folk. And I think that she finds her purpose through this movie. Like, why, why am I even going to school? What am I going there for? She goes, well, now I have a reason to be there, to something to fight for. So when I get back, and Sonny inspires her to do that after Sonny has this like inner conflict that he realizes that he can't go to college because he's not, um, he's not documented. So um, I think uh, that's a beautiful thing. So she's packing up to leave, and there's this beautiful, um, m- like very much like they're like walking along the wall, Benny and Nina. Um, but I love how it's shot. Like if they're just like walking on flat floor, but the cinematography is like they're walk. They look like Spider-Man. It's kind of, you know, it reminded me of Spider-Man. It's like New York, you know, Brooklyn, Washington Heights, like the whole scene. I was like, this is straight up just Spider-Man, you know, um, the musical. So I thought it was nice. It's just, it's just a nice little cute song. This is the, the, um, rewrite the stars for me personally like this song and it's just you know about him saying you know i'll be waiting here for you like you know don't forget about me i'll be supporting you from out here you know just saying like just because we're it's not goodbye this is you know see you later kind of thing so um yeah super cute song and then we get to the final shot final song with vanessa and usnavi being uh champagne and I really enjoy this song too. Raf, I don't know if you want to go into this song or Yuli, if you want to go into this one. I think Raf's down. Yeah, cool. So uh, Champagne is uh, Uznavi's last morning in town before he leaves. And everything's packed away. He's taking one final look at his home where he's lived for so many years. He finds this little piece of 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 like uh heirloom or something in on the windowsill he opens it and he recognizes this thing to be abuelas and he's going through the stuff that's in there and he finds a lottery ticket and it says for Uznavi and abuela left it for him and it's the winning lottery ticket from back with the 96,000 song and so she kept that for him she bought that ticket at the very beginning of the movie with the in the in the heights sequence when she goes and visits him at the shop at the bodega so he's like in disbelief and now he's like oh my gosh i can help sunny now and so he's on his way out he talks to i don't know who he talks to to be honest it's probably the lawyer or somebody else but he leaves and on his way out who who should so happen to be at the door but the love of his life vanessa who's like i brought champagne she's like i moved and like but i haven't been able to create anything and so they have this cute little as uh lewis says little um little moment together um 
but they also kind of argue, which is kind of weird. Um, but the song is funny. It makes me laugh. Uh, I think that Anthony Ramos is like super funny in this, even though it's like almost kind of serious. But um, Vanessa finally reveals that, you know what, dude? I'm not mad. I'm just upset that I realized how much I love you and you're about to leave and there's nothing I can do about it. And she storms off and that's champagne. And then he goes off and um, meets with the lawyer and Sonny about about uh, what's going to happen. And um, yeah, it's crazy. But then uh, after all that's said and done, then Vanessa kind of... You know, what I mentioned earlier, Vanessa's walking around the streets all day. This is nighttime. Graffiti Pete is, like, doing his thing, graffiti everywhere. She walks down these stairs, and, like, she gets her white shoes painted. She looks down at the uh, cloth that Pete said to use to clean off her shoes, and she gets this, like, moment of inspiration. And then we go back, and basically the end of the movie. Uh, so he stays. He stays. And that's, uh, then we get to the finale. Final song. It's called Finale. <laughs> it just kind of ties up all the loose ends of uh, what's basically going on in the movie. We're already pushing over an hour, so I don't want to spend too much time on this song. But it's a really good triumphant ending to a song. And I think my favorite part of this ending is that we realize, because the whole time, um, Usnavi's narrating from an island and with kids there so we're like oh you're led to believe that he went no matter what happens here he goes and the final parts of this movie reveal that he doesn't leave Vanessa he stays with Vanessa and they kind of use this portrait that Pete has um, painted in his little bodega um, of an island of his father's beach that he remembers so well and so vividly, even down to the little green frog. So um, I love that detail. I love that he's crab. just sitting. Yeah. Oh, crab. I said frog. Yeah, it was a green crab. I was like, green frog seems a little bit too normal. It was something weird. The little green frog. Frog. Crab. I don't know why I want to keep saying frog. Maybe I'm thinking of Grogu a little bit. Um down to the green crab and we realize that what he's been doing the whole time is actually talking in front of that little mural that was painted um to his daughter and some of the other kids that live on the block uh in front of his like the storefront of the bodega or like in front of the counter um and i'm like wow i did not think that was going to be the case but i love the way they revealed that um how he ended up with vanessa and everything and i i you know I love the finale. I thought it was really good. I love the final song. I think it's really tons of fun. Um, but the reveal of that made that a lot more special. So definitely one of my favorite movies of the year. If not, it's probably is my favorite movie of the year and there's not much competition, but um, it's all good. Nonetheless, movies are finally kind of coming out again and um, it's nice to be able to experience this at a movie theater. And we all saw it in Dolby IMAX, um, that Friday that it came out. So we, uh, we here love it. That's why I was like, well, you know, let's, let's, let's get us three on the podcast to talk about it. But, um, any final thoughts on the movies? We'll go with Yuli first. I'll we'll go with Rafa and then we'll go with myself. Go ahead, Yuli. Final thoughts. 
Uh, just like I said. It and was, final song. Like, what's your favorite <laughs> two or th- cut three songs? You know, we'll just go with that. Uh, just like I was saying, um, just the music and everything in general was beautiful. I loved everything about it. Um, my top favorite songs probably were No Me Diga and It Won't Be Long Now. Um, but yeah, all of the songs were great. It's just those two like really resonated with me the most, I think. Cool. Roth? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, overall for me, absolutely great movie, but, um, favorite songs for me are, I always listen to No Me Diga so much, so that's definitely my number one. My number two is It Won't Be Long Now, and then my number three is 96,000, and crazy enough, that is the order that they are in the album too, and in the musical, so it's really, it's really great that it works out that way for me, but, uh, yeah, no, I think... Lin-Manuel Miranda did an amazing job. I think that, again, everyone that worked on this movie is just over-the-top talented. They couldn't have picked a better lead. Anthony Ramos was born to play Uznavi, I feel. And um, congratulations to him. I guess we're going to see him in another Transformers movie. But um, I love the original Transformers. So to be honest, I don't know how excited or not excited I am for Transformers. But if he's in it, I'll watch it. And hopefully it's way better than the last two or three that were released. But, um, yeah, congratulations to everybody on this film. You all just did an amazing job. Cool. Um, yeah, I absolutely love this movie. I, I love the soundtrack. I love what it represents in our culture. And I love that we have this one. It's for us. It feels like it's for us and it's personal. Um, we connect with it we connect to it in a deeper way, which is so we could take this one home for us and our families and stuff. Like there's not many musicals. I just want to show my grandma, you know, but this one feels like I have to show my grandma or else I'm taking something away from her. So beautiful movie. I, if you had any urges to go see it, please go see it. It's amazing. Um, my favorite. Yes. Watch it in theaters. If you can, if you feel safe, Dolby. Dolby, that's the only way to do it (laughs) or IMAX. But uh, my favorite songs are 96,000, probably uh, Carnaval de Barrio or uh, probably When the Sun Goes Down or Benny's Dispatch. Those are probably like my favorites. So um, this is easy 9 out of 10, probably a 10 out of 10 for me. Actually, there's one thing keeping it for me, 10 out of 10, but it's a 9 out of 10, which is perfectly just an A also. Um, I love the movie. Go see it if you can. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks Rafa and Yuli for uh, joining me on this episode today. Of course. Cool. Always. Um, that's going to be it for today's episode. Uh, I think me and Roth are going to come back next week to talk about um, episodes two and three of Loki. So stay tuned for that if you've been enjoying that. I watched uh, Wednesday's episode um, this morning. So uh, I think I thought it was really fun. But yeah, go ahead and stay tuned for that. Let us know what you think of uh, In the Heights. Uh, if there's any other musicals you want us to talk about, please do. Um, and uh, we might kind of open up next week's episode talking about our day at, at Disney that we had yesterday because we were at Disneyland. So that was tons of fun. So we will do that maybe next week, opening up the episode two and three of low key review, um, hitting the halfway point of the first season of that show. So thanks for listening again. It was, it was much fun. I love this movie so much and I hope you can enjoy it just as much as we did, but uh, that's going to be it on this uh, episode of the podcast, but we'll see you next week for sure. Peace out. <laughs>
Wow.